Welcome to ADRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technologies ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program, with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service. Hi, this is Rich Myers with NCAT. In this episode, Madeline Nelson, an AmeriCorps member serving with Energy Corps as a sustainable agriculture farm energy educator at NCAT's headquarters in Butte, Montana, talks with West Virginia farmer and beekeeper Eric Grandin. Eric, an alum of the Arm to Farm training for veterans offered by NCAT's ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program, runs Sugar Bottom Farm in Clay County, West Virginia. After farming for just five years, Eric and Sugar Bottom Farm won the Conservation Farm of the Year Award for 2018 in West Virginia's Elk Conservation District. Eric and Madeline talk about farm energy conservation and using solar power on the farm, as well as water and other kinds of conservation. He also discusses the work and learning curve that came along with the decision to pursue sustainable agriculture. Let's listen. Hi, I'm Madeline Nelson, serving with the Energy Corps as a Sustainable Agriculture Educator here at NCAT, and I am here today with Eric Grandin, owner and operator of the Sugar Bottom Farm in Central West Virginia. Eric was a part of our first arm-to-farm training in Arkansas, and he's extremely passionate about energy conservation on the farm. Eric, can you tell us a bit about your farm, where it's located, and what enterprises you are engaged in? Sure, Madeline. Uh... Well, first of all, uh, I wanted to say we're not only uh, passionate about energy conservation, but conservation as a whole. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we learned at the Arm to Farm conference about sustainable farming. And, uh, you know, the way the, uh, the world is going nowadays, if we don't, if we don't make a change now, there's not going to be anything left uh, for anyone in, you know, a few generations. Uh, so we look at the conservation as a whole, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about our farm. Um, we start out, we have 93 acres, but we only farm about three, and I lease another three from my neighbor. Uh, we're, we started out as commercial vegetable farmers, uh, where we grow specifically for the farm to school program. Uh, my daughter, uh, she's eight now. Uh, she goes to one of the schools we sell our our products to, and uh, uh, it's it's a great little program, the the uh, farm to school program uh, under the USDA. Basically, uh, they take um, local farmers and supply the schools with fresh vegetables, fruits, and uh, you know that way it's not shipped across country on a truck, and uh, the kids get to enjoy it and there's interaction with the farmer and the school kids. We do that, we grow uh, basically a salad bar. Um, we also grow watermelon, uh, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, blueberries, and that's about all of our uh, vegetable production. Uh, we also have about 50 to 60 layers uh, that we sell eggs to, uh, or sell eggs from, <laughs> apology. Um, after that, um, we started a bee business about a year and a half ago, and then basically that's our largest enterprise now. Um, I grow honeybees to sell, and we harvest the honey, wax, uh, propolis, 
uh, anything, pollen, uh, anything that you can uh, basically harvest out of a hive, we sell. Also sell through uh, Man Lake and Kelly Beekeeping Supplies, which is, uh, you know, we're just a, a full-service beekeeping supply company. So uh, that's basically what we're doing. Uh, we used to do molasses uh, from sweet sorghum, and uh, we had to give that up because of labor. Yeah, it was just too labor intensive. <laughs> so we keep we we keep busy here. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So, can you spend some time telling our listeners about your the types of energy conservation practices you have implemented, or any conservation sure. practices? Sure. Um, uh, energy wise, um, basically because of our remote area, our our uh, our garden area where we grow our vegetables and such is about a half mile from our house. So we basically started with solar uh, fence chargers uh, to go around to keep the deer out and such. Uh, we also use solar uh, powered uh, pump for surface water for irrigation. Uh, I've recently been awarded a uh, cost share contract with the NRCS uh, USDA NRCS, and uh, we're basically going to get a well drilled at our garden site, and uh, we'll also be using a solar pump for that. And uh, just to, to, on conservation in general, uh, we were just voted last year as uh, West Virginia's 2018 Conservation Farmer of the Year for our district. Uh, which is huge to me. I mean, I've only been farming for about four to five years now, and uh, they're they're starting to recognize that what we're doing, and it's it's not uh, common practice here where I'm at. Uh, a lot of farmers are old farmers, and you know they they farm the old-fashioned way, and mm-hmm. we've tried to implement different things. Uh, we're doing a pollinator uh, habitat program through the NRCS where we're planting uh, five acres of pollinating flowers. Uh, We've implemented uh, water conservation on the farm using drip tape versus overhead spraying and just little things like that. Yeah, those do all help to make a difference. I really like that. Uh, What kind of solar pump do you use? Oh, I'd have to look it up. (laughs) I can can tell you real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let me see. Yeah, let me look it up real quick. I know it's a Merlin pump. Uh, Basically, it's an in-series. Produces about 1,400 gallons a day based on a nine-hour day of light. Uh, The panel works just in uh, low-light levels. So it's uh, 30% more productive than a regular panel, 2.3 gallons uh, per minute. Let's see, NRS, NRCS approved. Um, I, I got the most simple. See, uh, you know, uh, here <laughs> here on Sugar Bottom Farm, we uh, we basically uh, work. It's, it's just me, and my wife has a full-time job, and she also helps in the evenings. In the wintertime, I have an employee, but that's just during uh, the fall and winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, it's just us. So I get uh, stuff that's plug and play. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you know, I don't work have smarter, to not harder, right? About... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I started out with a shovel and a rotor tiller, so uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll just go on. So, do you have any type of energy management management system? Well, uh, basically, we're doing a grid tie system. Um, we're getting ready to uh, – we're in the process right now. They're building it right now. Um, we're going almost completely solar on the entire farm. Uh, my business will be 100% solar. And uh, <clears throat> I have an office in our home, so we we also converted a lot of that to solar, about 78%. Uh, basically because that's all we could afford right now. Uh, but we received uh, a little $8,500 from uh, Rural Development. Uh, well, we got a grant for that. Uh, 25% of the cost of the, of the entire system. Um, the system will produce about 15.4 kilowatts, um, which is a, a pretty decent sized system. It's uh, 24 panels. But uh, <clears throat> we decided not to go with a, a off-grid uh, just because of the cost and the the technology right now that, that I've researched and I've been told is just not there for the battery backup. Uh, we have quite a few power outages here in West Virginia, as I'm sure everywhere in rural, uh, you know, the rural part of the country. But, uh, you know, one battery... Uh, was going to be about ten thousand dollars, and uh, it wouldn't even supply. Uh, basically, it was a thirty watt or yeah, no thirty amp system, where we could just basically uh, uh, wire lights and maybe the refrigerator and stuff like that too. Um, but basically, uh, we we looked at the costs, the value uh, aspect of it. And uh, we just didn't feel it was worth the money. Maybe in a few years, uh, with technology improving, we may you know, switch over to uh, off-grid. But as of right now, we're just going to go ahead and do what we've been doing. And that's basically cool. running off a generator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally understandable because um, it is expensive. And that's nice. Can you tell me more about the grant that you received? Yes, uh, uh the USDA Rural Development uh, Office has a grant for agricultural businesses. Uh, basically, uh, if you qualify for the grant, you have to be an ag business, and uh, they will they will uh, go up to 25% of the total cost of the system uh, to uh, power your business. And like I said, uh, since I have a home office. Uh, our house was also included, and that's why we were, uh, you know, allowed to get such a big, uh, big system. And uh, like I was saying, it was like eighty-five hundred dollars. Our total system cost is like thirty-four, and uh, you know, there's also a thirty percent tax incentive for federal taxes. So basically, you know, if you if you qualify for both. You're basically getting your uh, your entire solar uh, power system for about forty five percent of the original cost. Mm-hmm. Well, with you going almost completely solar, can you tell me what 
energy efficiency measures you did to first move towards solar energy? Well, um, we basically used common sense. Uh, we did have an audit performed by our local electric company, um, which was somewhat useful. Uh, that came out and gave us a few ideas that we could do for total just energy conservation. What you know, as uh, with both water and electricity, uh, we switched the faucet head on our on all of our sinks and our shower. Uh, to use less water and uh, to, you know, still get the same benefit. And, you know, using less water uses less electricity, so that helped out. And uh, we basically went through the house and just started unplugging unnecessary stuff. We turn the lights off when we leave a room now. And it's those little things that add up. It's It's amazing, you know, how much you can decrease your energy usage by just, uh, taking a little extra step and use a little attention to detail and doing those little things. Uh, so mm-hmm. we switched all of our lighting to LED. Uh, I don't think we have a light on the property that's more than 12 watts uh, versus the 60, 75, and, you know, the the uh, <laughs> common wattage for a light bulb. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, those are a little bit more expensive, but all of our lights are guaranteed for three years, uh, which you can't find another light bulb that has a you know a money back guarantee. <laughs> uh, it's also guaranteed for ten thousand light hours, uh, which is also something you know <laughs> something amazing to me. Uh, with just you know the advancement of light, uh, light uh, electric light itself. I mean it's. Uh, it's amazing how much how much uh, power you can save just again by spending a little money now and saving a lot of money later. Yeah, have you run into any challenges while doing any of those conservation strategies? Well, uh, you know the thing is the upfront cost. Uh, that's been the biggest challenge. We've had we've been doing this for about two years now, uh, just converting a little at a time. Uh, I lost my business two years ago uh, because of arson and we basically had to re uh, redo or move and redo uh, my business so basically uh, my business or business was here on my property still on my property but we converted an old barn uh, to my bee business and uh, this time we uh, laid a uh, cement pad with a hydronic water heating system and um, we're not using wood we're not using a wood boiler we're using a a solar powered water heater and uh, basically it heats the water and it flows through our concrete floor and provides heating for my business Um, it's also led powered so, I mean, we've taken a lot of necessary steps, but it's cost money to do so. Again, we, we see the end result where we'll be saving a lot of money. And again, uh, you know, the solar, uh, it lasts quite a long time. I'm still using the original chargers uh, for my fences that I've had for five years. Um, you just have to do the necessary precautions, you know, when in the fall when you're not using your fence you remove the fuse so the battery doesn't deplete and uh you know in the spring we 
we put it back in, and uh, it's ready to go another season. Where do you store your chargers at? Uh, in our basement in the dark. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even though we pull the fuse and it won't charge, <laughs> it's like storing potatoes, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of these energy conservation measures had an impact on your production? Well, uh, a big thing is uh, our water conservation. Um, the reason I got the, the the funding for the well was I was having to ship in water uh, twice a week, uh, about 3,000 gallons to irrigate my crops. And uh, because we were so far from our home, you know, well system and everything, and this was to provide uh, drip tape. Uh, watering through the drip tape, which is, you know, so much less than overhead watering. But uh, it was costing me $80 every time we had to fill the tank. And, uh, that again, that was twice a week. So um, with this new uh, well and, you know, the solar-powered well, um, we will be able to fill that tank every day um, just for, you know, for – Absolutely nothing, basically, since it's a cost share. I mean, we pay up front, but we're reimbursed everything that we pay. So, I mean, that's huge. That's, that's, uh, you know, 160 times four. And throughout the summer, now, this last year has been a very wet season. But the high tunnel, you know, that we grow in basically all year round is, uh, you know, totally relies on the – the water tank and uh and that's another thing uh you know with uh gap and get gap are you familiar with that good agricultural practices and uh good harvesting practices yeah basically you know uh let's see how do they put that community water or commercial water uh, you know, city water, that's the, they say is the best to use. Second is in-ground water, but they don't want you to use surface water and rainwater uh, to water your crops because, you know, of the environmental poisons, I guess, uh, that's out there. Mm-hmm. I know we had the, the same thing with honeybees, you know. That's the second largest killer of the honeybee is the environment. Uh, yeah. So we know it's dirty out there. But, you know, through uh, through our well system, at least it's uh, filtered through the ground, you know. That's true, yeah. So it's the number two, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we look at all those little things, uh, you know, back to the sustainable practices. Uh, we don't spray anything on our farm because of the honeybees. Um, <laughs> we use uh, beneficial insects for pest control, and I actually use a fermented... Uh, uh, sugar water, you know, that I uh, feed my bees, and once mm-hmm. it goes bad, I use that as a weed killer, and uh, <laughs> it's excellent. Really? That's interesting. It is. I don't know if because it's pure alcohol or what, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it works very well. I spray my fence lines with it, um, and it's, it's non-toxic. I mean, other than the alcohol portion, I guess, but uh, it doesn't <laughs> harm the bees. 
and uh, like I say, we use the beneficial insects for pests. And uh, with the pollinator uh, uh, habitat that I'll be growing, um, you know, I, I guess it'll be bringing in a lot of beneficial insects, uh, the pollinators, you know, which help defend against the pests. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny, the the little things you can do not to harm the environment, it, it takes a little longer and a little harder work, but, uh, you know, all in all, it's well worth it. I'll have something nice to leave my eight-year-old. Yeah, so going off of that, I can tell that you're really happy with your choices and all the things that you do. So would you recommend it to somebody? Like how would you go about recommending it to another farmer? I would highly recommend it, of course. Uh, you know, it's it's the thing that if, if you want something, you need to seek it. Uh, it just, we can't wait around for people to just lay money in our laps and say, hey, why don't you try this? If you're passionate about what you do, especially agriculture, you need to be passionate or you're going to fail. Uh, it takes a lot of work. But in order to help you out in little things, the government's there to help you out. Uh, the USDA, if you seek them out and uh, find out about their programs, you can find that both or all three offices, Rural Development, the NRCS, the Farm Service Agency, they're all there to help the farmer. Um, they have different programs. They have insurance for your crops. Even if you grow a, a small, you know, a small plot, it only requires 2,700 square feet to insure a crop. And uh, they they insure the honey on my honeybees, uh, all my vegetables. And you know, it's not just for the big big farmers out there. Uh, us little guys, there's stuff out there for us, too. And if we're a new and beginning farmer, like a lot of us are, then, you know, you qualify for this insurance for absolutely free. And uh, the NRCS has different programs. They have the hide tunnel program. They have cross fencing. They have uh, the whales. They, you know, just all kinds of things. Uh, rural development, you know, uh, they help me tremendously with this uh, solar project. Uh, another thing about the Farm Service Agency, they have low interest loans uh, for people even with not so good credit. They understand that most farmers aren't uh, 900 on your credit score, <laughs> uh, if you're any farmer whatsoever. <laughs> but... Uh, I've I've gotten two microloans through them, both under three percent, and uh, they work with you. So, uh, you know, for anybody that wants to implement a strategy on your, you know, on your farm, look look outside. You know, there's somebody out there to help you if you're willing to do the the footwork. Do you have any other tips that you would give someone who wanted to try to start one of these farms? I would recommend uh, to seek out education. Um, I was very lucky to go through the Arm to Farm conference or the program, and uh, that gave me my kickstart. That gave me the resources of where to go, how to do. You know, it gave me uh, uh, insight in what I could do. 
to diversify my farm, not put all my eggs in one basket. You know, uh, it just, there's so much education out there. Again, it takes work. You know, it's not going to be somebody bringing you everything that you need to have. You need to go out and look for it. And the great thing about this stuff is a lot of it's free online. Uh, your your organization, NCAT, a perfect resource. Uh, accurate, perfect resource. The USDA, perfect resource. And all it takes is a click on the computer. All right. Well, that's all I have today, Eric. So thank you for talking to me. Sure. Enjoy Did you have anything else week? you wanted to add, let people know? Well, just, uh, you know, um, I knew absolutely nothing about farming five years ago. And, uh, you know, with with stuff that we've done and with trial and error, you know, uh, we've made it into a successful business. Um, you know, and that's the key. It's not that, I mean, I had never even raised a garden before. And now here I propagate every plant that we grow on our property from a seed. Um, with the honeybees, the same thing. I wasn't a, a beekeeper with 50 years experience. I just learned to do it the right way. And, you know, that's all it takes. Uh, so give it a try. Small scale, large scale, whatever you have the means to do. But, uh, you know, don't let someone talk you out of it just because. Yeah. Oh, that's some really good advice. I really like that. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for talking to me today. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> Madeline, I have truly enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to ATRA, Voices from the Field. For more information on this topic or any other sustainable agriculture topic, please call ATRA at 1-800-346-9140 or email us at askanag at incat.org. That's A-S-K-A-N-A-G at N-C-A-T dot org. Also, in the notes that go along with this podcast, you'll find links to related ATRA resources and the Facebook page and website of Sugar Bottom Farm. Our two dozen specialists can help you with a vast array of topics, everything from farm planning to pest management, from produce to livestock and soils to aquaculture. You can get in touch with them and find our other extensive and free sustainable agriculture publications, webinars, videos, and other resources at our website, www.atra.incat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org. We'll catch you next week, and until then, keep on farming.